everybody. This is Michael with Better Climb Beta. I'm accompanied by Tyler. What up? And Brian Eck. What's going on? He's our special guest today. So today our podcast is going to be about setting and just kind of the big overarching concepts of that. Um, and Brian is like our resident setting guru. So he's going to give us a ton of information about that. Yeah. So Brian, tell us uh, how long you've been climbing, what got you into it, why'd you start setting? Give us a lowdown on who Brian is. Sure. Uh, so I, I've been climbing for about 11 years. Um, my uh, good friend Ben got me into climbing. He was a, a Boy Scout, actually. Ooh. And he took me to RockQuest a long time ago. I was probably like 16 or 17. And I did it was once. Like and then it was like years ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago. I don't want to, you know, get too far into that. But uh I uh, I did it once and then I didn't do it again for like five or six years. And then he was like, well, I, I kind of work at Dick's Sporting Goods, so you should get a job here and we can just have fun. It's just, we don't do anything. You just sit around and bully people when they come in uh, and then you, you don't have to do anything the rest of the time. So I did that for a while and then... Was uh, that at Rockwest? No, that was at Dick's, Dick's Sporting Goods. Oh, like they had a climbing like wall. wall. Yeah. Dude, I had no idea. That's yeah. awesome. It was one of those old entrepreneurs walls. Oh, gross. Yeah, Jesus. it was bad. Uh, so right after that, I was starting college at Wright State, which is up in Dayton, and they were redoing their whole union and they built a climbing wall, another entrepreneur wall as it was actually a whole gym. They had like a bouldering wall it's too. It's not. I was actually up there Tuesday. I did a radio interview and it's in the same building and yeah. I was impressed by like for a college wall. Yeah. It's not a bad wall. Yeah, you guys have, no, have the, comps there, right? The, we, yeah, we've had okay. comps there. They, uh, the top rope wall sh- shorter. It's like 25 feet, but right. they have a full bouldering wall. The only mm-hmm. bummer is that it, there's not like angles. It's pretty much just, right. it's for the listeners that are listening, it's not a modern style wall. It's it's one of those old school like like featured. Four, yeah. It's yeah. supposed Fiberglass to look like a wall, which we'll get, I'm, you know, I definitely want to get into like, the difficulties of setting on that kind of stuff. It's but, for very difficult. But we can it, get into that later. It's but. immediately appealing. It, like, right. If you don't know anything, it does look really cool. Yeah. And I think that that was the goal uh, from a university standpoint. They're like, oh, this is going to draw the eye. But there are drawbacks to it right. for setting, especially. Um, so I, I started there and I, I just worked at the climbing gym um, and nobody was setting stuff. So they're like, hey, do you want to set? I was like, okay. I didn't know what I was doing, but I just, you know. Put, put stuff on the wall. I so, just put stuff on the wall. So if I want to climb some of the best boulder problems and routes. I've ever set. East, oh, yeah. East of the Mississippi. I need to go to a college university wall. That's where you know you're going to get the best quality. It's really good. <laughs> That's where they just, I mean, there's a like very regimented five-year program to be able to set at that wall. Yeah, it's they okay. give you a, a, a like a screw and say, hey. Go put some stuff on the wall. Sick. So That's would they about, like have a budget for new holds or anything like that? Yeah, a little bit. It was okay. so it was all the budget was through the university. So it mm-hmm. wasn't like we were basically a non not a nonprofit. It was sponsored by the university, but the actual outdoor resource center which I worked for, they had like some money every once in a while. So mm-hmm. we would buy like single holds at a time or like foot chips. We would never do a massive order like we do right. at RockQuest. Okay. Not like we don't have a thousand bucks to drop. Okay. You know, you might have a hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that when they put the wall in, and this is a long time, this was back in 2007. So this is a while ago. Uh, they, when entrepreneurs put the wall in, it came with a ton of these oh, old okay. entrepreneurs so holds. You, you get at least something to go and then you supplement yeah. when you can. Yeah. And I think at the time the, the first set was done by urban crag, which oh, is the wow. gym up in Dayton. Yeah. They, they came in and did the whole first set for us. Wow. And then from that point on, it was just us. 
Um, and those those routes are still there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For the, the same one. 2007. So the, it's actually interesting because the headset at Rockwest, James, mm-hmm. he that's where I met him. He he also said it at Wright State. We both have the same introduction into climbing. Um, now he didn't he didn't work uh, with me. I graduated in his first year was the year after, but Amanda, my wife for the listeners, you guys know Amanda, but not everybody does. Uh, she was still working at the outdoor resource Resource center. That's how we met. Um, and so she was friends with James. And so, you know, he was like, Oh, you used to set, will you come and do comps with me? So I started doing comps with James every year. Uh, and then last year, James was like, Hey, can you, when he stepped in his headset or, we uh so out, a bunch. outside of Wright State had you ever set anywhere other than no like, okay not commercially just Wright State until until Rockwest okay so what have you uh have you done well in- that I uh, I should amend that I set at Kinetic a little bit before oh, Rockwest right. yeah in I set at Kinetic in Columbus. In, in Columbus yeah so was that predominantly bouldering or it's only, yeah it's only bouldering okay but they're huge it's huge. a large bouldering and it's like really well made like it's a good bouldering wall um. But that's all, and they have like I guess workout equipment too. But yeah, a little bit. Um, so have it's you, a co-op, right? Yeah. Have you done? Uh, have you gone through any formal setting training? No. Or just kind of what James has kind of raised. Is you that up pretty in? normal to have no formal training? Yeah. Or? So uh, I think a lot of gyms. Uh, I mean, there's it's changing now. Like James and Tanner both now have their level one. Uh, Corey through who, USAC, right? Right. It's not ABC anymore. So what's that? What's USA? Uh, USA Climbing. Um, they there used to be level one was through a uh, American Boulder. I think so. Something ABC, yeah. and US the USA Climbing. Oh, like, absorbed okay. That in. Like, and okay. so, but basically, it's like when we did our climbing wall instructor training. It's you go in and there's multiple levels of mm-hmm. setting training, and if you set as a USAC setter. So you could do the big comps and stuff. Uh, right. You need it. The regionals, like we host at RockQuest, you don't need it. Okay. But to do divisionals and up, yeah, you need varying levels. Of, James would be able to give you the stats a little bit better, yeah. or like Quinn at who is a setter at VA, okay, right. he would be able to explain it a little bit better. There's certain things qualifications you have to have to be able to do the like professional comps. Okay. Um, but me personally, I haven't done those yet. Uh, James and Tanner just did theirs, and I think historically, you know, a lot of times the head setter would do it, and then pass on the knowledge. pass on the knowledge but mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of gyms now and i think it's more common out west uh a lot of people are going to get their level ones because you do get a lot of good information and i think that when they came back from it they they even learned a lot more i mean james has been setting a long time and he said multiple gyms at multiple gyms he's a, a setter of vertical ventures too yep. um and i know Corey and quinn both have i don't i know Corey's a level four i don't know what Quinn is. I think he's a level two or three something. He's up there. So, um, I've just basically gotten the knowledge from them and it's a lot of, it's just like with any, anything you do, it's, it's, uh, practice makes perfect. You know what I mean? So would you, it's experimentation too. Yeah. So would you, I mean, at that point, route setting is kind of like a trade. Yeah, it is. And there's certain things that like certain criteria that you want to follow to make sure that things will basically work for like a lot of people. So, at Rockwest and a lot of places, the bolt holes are about the same uh, space apart. So you can count, you know, 10 bolt holes apart from right. your last hand, from your last foot. It's about five, five and a half feet should be the 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 max length that you ever do mm-hmm. for, for anyone. For a movement. I, right. I knew when I've I... heard like elbow to knee. Yeah. Like, right. Kind of like I, the master I've length. said, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was told when I briefly set back at the last gym and a little bit at rock quest the the rule is like if you can't reach the next move 
with your elbow, a smaller person couldn't. Like, right. That's the thing. And so that's how we set youth problems. Yeah. Right. So, um, but yeah, so as you, you know, I guess just kind of get into it, like, you know, we, there's always seems to be a disconnect between the consumer, the climber mm-hmm. and the setter. Sure. Um, and I know it's an, it setting's really interesting because there is like a creativity to it. Right. Or else it's a very contrived, if it's, if it, if it's not creative, it's just boring. Right. But then that creativity isn't always translated. So what do you do? What's your process when you're, you, you walk in, it's time to set. Like what goes through your head first? Do you pick your holds first or do you go look at where you're setting? I mean, what, how do you get from there's nothing to now I've set on this wall? So we'll, we'll come in and strip the wall. Okay. Uh, and then usually we try to put like some sort of spotlight up. Um, I think that there's, there's two different philosophies to setting and we try to adhere to this at RockQuest. There are those, um, what you would want to call World Cup comp style problems, right? Which yeah. are just weird. Which are just kind of odd. They're like hard to figure out. We would always want to set one of those because they're interesting and fun. People get a kick out of them. Um, but obviously you don't want the whole wall to be that because there's a large contingent of people that are coming here to get stronger, to go you know, to, to go outside and train. Uh, especially at RockQuest, more than most gyms that I've been to, really. Really, I, I mean, it's... I would say it's the proximity to the red. Yeah. But even then, you know, I grew up in gyms near other crags, and it is odd that they take outdoor climbers in this area really do take indoor training very seriously. They do, yeah. And and a lot of that is in in thanks to you know Chris is from Chris Hampton is from here, and right. he instilled that that in the community here. So a lot of people are very much into training and very much into fitness, um, and just getting stronger overall. Um, so we'll try to do a balance of, of those routes. So, I, I mean, we go into it knowing, and this is just bouldering. This isn't, we're not talking about sport sure. routes right now or, or top ropes or auto blaze. Um, but we'll go into it knowing that it's like, okay, we can't do all of, you know, we all have a limited amount of holds, a limited amount of colors that we can set with cause we're doing monochromatic. Um, as in, so monochromatic being every hold on the route is the same color. Is the same color, right. So you can't put a white next to a white or a red next to a red or a blue next to a blue because... And within reason, like a red next to an orange even can be kind of... Can be, yeah. For it, those that are less vision-y, uh, it's not a word at all. But, and, uh, <laughs> and we follow that rule probably a lot better on ropes than we do on the boulder. The boulder right. is so small that we have to kind of utilize what we have. Um, but... I'll go into it and I'll try to set, you know, if, if there's four of us setting right now, sometimes five, some Michael Schuler who works at RockQuest sometimes sets, uh, but it's Lydia, Tanner, me and James, uh, Dave will set some stuff, not usually boulders much anymore, but Mike only doesn't, Mike only sets. Yeah. And he's injured right now. Yeah. Mike Wheatley, uh, is injured right now. Um, but we, uh, we'll probably each set about four or five boulder problems on the first day and then we'll uh, scatter some stuff in throughout the week. So I will, I personally, this is just my strategy. I'll try to set something unique and then the other three or four that I set are, I mean, I don't want it to be boring. I don't want to paddle up the wall, but I want it to be more, you know, strength oriented, maybe maybe bad feet, hard hands. Yeah. um, Something that that you can take outside. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Something that you could maybe use later. So speaking outside wise, and I know like we're still asking the first question of the, um, how do you find the inspiration or how do you even go through the whole part? How important do you think it is for a setter to go outside rock climbing? And oh, have I, that experience? I find it v- like very important because I mean, you're pulling from 
in order to be able to set something to help somebody, you have to have some experience yourself, some knowledge of, of what grades feel like, uh, of what climbs feel like. Now, the, the funny joke is, and I think Chris Hampton did a podcast about, or uh, there was a podcast where he talked about this, where he talked about if you took an outside boulder problem or an outside route and tried to set it in a gym, it would be terrible. Uh, yeah, it would be yeah. like negative one star. Oh, sure. Because you lose, I mean, part of being outside is the wow factor. Like, I'm outside, right. this looks cool, this feels cool. But even then, part of, and this is maybe a, another question to go into in a minute, but like, outside you have rocks, and you have to feel it out. Whereas in, and so half of the tra- the challenge is going like, I don't know where my next move is. Right. Indoor, it's, where's my next, oh, the big red hole two feet above you. That's clearly where you're going. Yeah. And so you don't. And that, that's, I think, the disconnect we get, because I'm sure you hear it all the time, like, you know, 5'10 outside, 5'10 inside, how do they compare? And it's like, I boil it down, and correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, to set a similar difficulty, you have to make the moves harder indoors. Yeah. Because you don't, you can't read the rock anymore. Right. Versus outdoors, if you mirrored it perfectly inside, it's going to feel a lot easier and maybe sure. even more boring, like you said. Yeah, and there's about a thousand other factors that you have to take into account. So you, you'll take like the a, angle, a ten the a, height. yeah, the angle, the height. You'll take a ten a at the red that's ninety feet tall. You know, might feel more difficult than a ten a at Rockwest that's forty five feet, yeah. feet tall. Um, so there's a lot of factors that play into that okay. angle specifically. But the height of the gym, you're right. Uh, I think that because you're trying to hit a certain grade or you're trying to make sure that something is in the range that you want it to be, you have to add boulder problems. Whereas, and different sport climbing areas in, in the country are different, but the red, which we're close to a lot of it is similar movement and it might be easier, but it's steeper Absolutely. and it's longer, right? So you might be doing V zero for 90 feet and it feels hard cause you just did it for 90 feet. I mean, pump is a form of difficulty, right? right? Uh, whereas you're not going to get pumped on a vert 10 a that's 45, 50 feet at, in a gym. So you kind of throw something like something in there in order to like average that out. Um, you know, and then this is also, you know, you know, like I said, we're comparing to the red specifically. Um, but they're climbing feels different everywhere you go. Definitely. I, I mean, I've been lucky enough to sport in uh, Boulder, a lot of places throughout the country. Um, since I've been climbing, because I used to live out west, which you guys know, right. but for the listeners, I lived in Idaho and Seattle for a while, um, and me and my, my wife's a traveling was a traveling nurse, and uh, now she's just a nurse. Now she's just a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> she's like a stay at home nurse. Yeah, she's just, just doesn't travel anymore. Yeah, she's my personal nurse. nurse. <laughs> um, so she did travel nursing. So uh, when we were traveling, I was able to climb a lot of places. So I've climbed, you know, Joe's Valley, Squamish. Uh, um, we Maple Canyon. Yeah. Um, we were climbed in uh, Logan, Colorado, or not Logan, Colorado, Logan, Utah, mm-hmm. which was some interesting limestone uh, sport climbing. That's pretty north of, of Salt Lake. Yeah, it's like an hour north of Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. So uh, you've experienced not only different rock, but just completely different styles of climbing. Sure. And so do you think, because we mentioned it's, it's you think it's important for setters to be somewhat versed out in climbing outside yeah i know a lot and especially with the massive influx of gyms everywhere it's getting i know a lot of setters who haven't climbed outside Mm -hmm. or don't um, climb on a regular basis. or don't climb on a regular basis so would you say i mean is that a hindrance does it help you to be able to draw 
from outdoor or does it maybe sometimes make it harder because what you want to emulate that was such a fun climb i want to do it and then you said it, it's like well that doesn't really work i mean is there a balance or does it really matter is a setter a setter you know i think from a movement standpoint it doesn't really matter to me um i, I think it i find that it helps me but i don't you know, I don't know. I can't speak for every sure. setter in, in the country. At the very least, there's inspiration. There's inspiration there. Um, I think the one thing that's frustrating is it's hard to, especially in bouldering, I find, to really hit that grade because, you, you know, I'll go outside and I'll find a lot of grades. Whatever grade you're working on might feel mm-hmm. a lot harder outside, it, not just from the fact that you have to read it. It just literally is harder outside. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, I took a, remember when we took my buddy down to Stone Fort? Oh, yeah. And he's climbing V4, maybe V5 in a gym. And we're like, okay, like I get it. Prepare yourself. Just be <laughs> careful. And he's... He's never topped out, He's never too. topped. Yeah, that's, that's, a whole, that's a whole nother art. Mm-hmm. And you itself. can't really top out in it. Like, we have top outs at Rock Quest, but it's not really top out. You know what no, I mean? You like, guys have done a good job of setting a couple things. Yeah, so there's that, that one section on... So section, we number our sections just for you for your guys information if you're curious Mm -hmm. the 45 which is the section next to the lead wall is section one and then you go right around the boulder one two three four so section one's the 45 two is the vert section next to or vert kind of overhung section next to in the 60s section three and then the side on the the top rope side is section four so on the left side of section one where the wall shorter or where the the roof is shorter Mm -hmm. um we do set now top, top outs, outs, but that's that's recent. That's yeah, but, in like and, the and still even months. then, you go, you top outside. It's like there's no hole; just slap up and go. Yep. Yeah. And or now you're like 15 feet up. Yeah. Right. And, <laughs> and there's so, like but another boulder. I remember below him you. going right. Like, exactly. Okay. There's spikes and cactuses <laughs> yeah. and my, only one crash. Rattlesnakes. Just, yeah. And just go for it. But yeah, my buddy's like, I know I'm not going to climb as well, so maybe V3. And he's like sketching on V1. Sure. And then he gets on V2. He can't even. You know, he's doing these moves, and it's like, you know, it's not it's almost not comparable. It's, yeah. it's its own thing. And, and once he finally like got that out of his head, he started having a good time, but you do get that a lot of built up. I can do this. You go outside and you can't anymore. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, that, like you said, it, you, it feels way different outside because you're, you're, there's a lot of factors going into it. You're trying to read something, you know, and if you don't have experience knowing what holds feel like, uh, outside versus what holds feel like inside like hold shapers they're making holds specifically to so feel it good. feels good on your hand <laughs> that's the point right i mean some of them feel really bad obviously but they're still designed for your hands they're ergonomic where we're just grabbing nature yeah, out there like the it thing. could be like whatever your hands i mean i'm, I'm doing a hand motion which nobody can <laughs> see right now but it, it's gonna look weird on your right. hand so yeah i think that's interesting but i think there's there's a, a new age uh, group of, of climbers that are growing up in, in a competition world yeah, that that world cup that I think that they're interested in climbing outside but I think that their their interest is split whereas well, I didn't even know that that world existed right. when I started climbing well, I just was like okay I'm climbing, going outside bouldering wasn't quite its own thing just I mean it was being developed as a newer sport yeah and now that world cup setting style are moves that are specifically designed to not be climbed. Right. Or they're not. You're trying to, to trick be, somebody up. Exactly. They're, they're not, not meant to be flash or on. They're not right. real. You're not going to see those outside. Nope. So you really, I mean, in that style, you don't necessarily need any sort of outdoor experience. Yeah. You're not running into a paddle dino very often <laughs> outside. I, I haven't seen a whole lot of figure fours being done. You know, <laughs> rows. Like, you're not getting a running start and like running up the side of a wall to like do a dino somewhere. Right. So yeah, it, it's very different. 
Uh, and I've had to adjust. I mean, I, th- I appreciate both forms and it is interesting. I think it's fun. Like I, I get a kick out of watching the, the competitions and, and I learn a lot. I follow a lot of, like, I follow pretty much all the, the hold companies on Instagram right. and they're linked to a lot of, you know, route setting things. Um, so I, I, th- I find it very, very fun, but I also, and maybe it's just because I'm older, I also really like climbing things that are just straight up, you know, piss hard. Yeah. You know? So my I have a my curiosity is from the outside looking in. Do you think setting is like a like almost like a subgroup of the rock climbing community? Because I mean, you can see this happen in gyms across America where you have the boulderers. These people they just want to boulder in the gym. They never want to tie in. And then you got the sport climbers. They never want to boulder. Is that eventually they cross contaminate or they cross contaminate one another? But is like a setting its own group? Like I would never. I don't know. It's never, I've never thought to follow setters hold, or, well, like hold manufacturers, yeah. you know, I don't yeah. have a home wall. I don't have, or even to follow like setters on Instagram. Like, why would I care? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess if you're in the trade or if you're doing it, it it's interesting to, to follow that stuff. Cause you want to see if there's new shapes coming out. This is stuff that you're going to be using mm. on a week, you know, weekly basis. Um, I don't know if it's a, I would say a subgroup cause that subgroup at Mark. Rockwest would be like six people. Right. So I don't know if I would call it a subgroup yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just like with any job or any, you know, thing that you do in life, you're going to follow the things that you're interested in. And I'm interested in, you know, hold companies because that's the stuff that I use at work. Yeah. Um, and it gives you ideas. You're watching what other people are doing around the country. Um, I set at, or not set, I climbed when we were living in Seattle, I climbed at a, a climbing gym called Seattle Bouldering Project, which is in downtown Seattle. Um, and we climbed there for about three months. We had a membership and the guy that I don't think he was the headsetter at the time. And James would be able to tell you more about him, but his name is, uh, Tande Katio and oh, he's super, famous. super famous, yeah. super he famous. Just had a podcast with Chris Hampton. Yeah. 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 Very, very, very famous. And he was the headsetter at Seattle bouldering project for a long time. So the, the setting style out there, but I think that this is a misconception when, if you haven't climbed in some of the gyms out West that they think it's like all on site out there, it's all like an on-site comp when i say that it's like all world cup style problems and there's like maybe one per section uh which i think is not beneficial to the 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 um the members of the gym if it's only like that yeah uh, i've been to those but gyms that's not even not like fun. that yeah it's right. not fun and, they're not but like, the good that. like momentum the front like they do set stuff that is just like straight up difficult and the density is a lot more um so i think there's a disconnect and it, it's coming from the west to the east coast and i think that uh ohio the gyms in ohio like va like us like climb time are starting to adapt slowly to how that world is out there okay so let's talk about so i um you know you said at rockquest i work at rockquest and you know we can go all day long about that weird there was that brief period where there was just unrest sure and uh so from a customer standpoint, you know, with a climbing gym, our product is the routes, they, sure. the problems that is, that is what we offer. Right. And from that perspective, you know, you want to make your climbers better. So you want to set things and it's art. Like it's a way for you to be yourself. I don't think it's art. So you, <laughs> so you want to set something that you I'm are an artist. You're an artist. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not. I'm a, I'm a hold artist. Unless you uh, shaped them. I feel like if maybe if you shaped them, I'd be like. Okay, I, I'm pretty sure that's a really You're hard a field to get into. Yeah. I would love to do that. That would be really cool. But I think there's like 
20 people in the country that shape for like everybody like yeah they shape for all the companies but uh so if you're listening i'm into it (laughs) (laughs) i'll send you my resume (laughs) um so i get that side of you know i've always related setting also to as a musician like i write a song and it's i want it to be proud of it Mm -hmm. but the problem is the customers have to enjoy it sure and so what is and, and part of the reason why we wanted you on here in the first place is I, f- I feel like climbing is becoming popular enough now that we're, we're seeing less oh it's so hard how do I figure it out and more no I want to like it I want to have fun with it and and how do you as a, a as a setter deal with the customer interaction. The customer interaction. Sure. I mean, do you do you try hard to watch other people and get feedback? Do you, you know, there's some things that sorry you're just like okay, I'm sorry I can't do that thing you want. It's not feasible as a setter. But then there's some things like I know you you hated the thing that I spent time on. Is that offensive or you go, sweet, I'll do it better next time. How do you deal with that disconnect? I mean, I I I think everyone's human, and so if you were really proud of something. And somebody hates it, you're never gonna like that. Right. Um, but I try to to look at it in two different ways. I think that there is the climber who's been climbing a long time, and then there's the potential climber. And I think half of the things that we do are to appease the potential climber, the Definitely. person that could get into it. And some of those things like the on-site style problems or the World Cup style problems, the monochromatic setting, just making things look nicer, which is a new... It's more aesthetic. More aesthetic is for that potential climber. The dinos, the bat hangs, they just want to look right. cool. More American Ninja Warrior. Yeah. I think, uh, to answer your question, uh, I I don't take offense to it. Okay. If, if you don't like it, then tell me what you don't like. Just be... The only thing I ask is be constructive. Don't say, you know... Oh, that was stupid. It's fucking worst thing we've ever climbed. Right, in my exactly. Life. It's the worst thing. It's like, okay, that's great. Like, have you climbed at the red? Yeah. <laughs> so you know, and for people that maybe aren't at Rock Quest, we we have a comment box that's started out for everything, but mm-hmm. really became what you think about the setting. And you know, any any statistician will tell you like your loudest, most vocal people are the ones that hated it. Sure. So if you liked it, sweet, you're not going to say anything. If you absolutely loved it, you might say something. It's when you hate it that you're going to leave the comment. And so I love your, and most of those comments are never constructive. Yeah. That one route sucks. This setter sucks. Everything this guy does. Or so, I you, couldn't make the move. I right. couldn't do like, it. It's what, way too move? hard. I yeah. mean, it's yeah. that purple five, nine in the court, five, 10, five, nine, five, nine, five, 10. And five, that nine, is, five, I have ten. never seen more unrest because you said as a five, t- was that you who said it? Uh, Tanner said, Tanner that said one. as a five, 10 mm-hmm. and it was, uh, it's too easy for a five, 10. Okay, fine. We'll make it a five, nine. And man, were people livid. Yeah. There's no fuck. I have never climbed anything that hard. And they're just like, it, so yelling. that's it. It's an interesting conversation because the area of the wall that he's referring to is is the left side of the cave, lead cave, and it's the steepest section of the wall. Historically, it'd be really difficult to find a five nine outside that, that climbs that's, that's at that angle, right? Yeah. Unless you're putting a no hands on the slab part. So if you're making a consistent line. It's really difficult to make something that steep five nine. I mean, outside, and that's the key word, though. Right, and I and different setters have different philosophies. I try to to make stuff as close to the grades that they are outside. Uh, I you know I think it's from a training standpoint, it, it's not fun to get really confident 
sending 11s or sending 10s inside a gym and you're like oh cool i'm ready to go do 11s or 10s outside and you're like oh maybe i'm not maybe i'm not there see i kind of feel the i don't think that's necessarily true for me really personally so what i want across the board is just uniformity in the grading system sure. at a climbing gym so i well yeah I'm, no but, i agree i think that that takes precedent for sure i want it to be uniform but i'm just saying like me personally I go into it trying to make it make as it close as, as possible. Sure. Because that's all I know, you know, how to associate it to. Um, so if something, you know, okay, I think that feels, I tried as hard on this as I do on an 11, you know, 11B or 11A. Sure. I think it is, you know, but the, the thing that you all, people have to understand too is that those grades that are that are chosen or, or um, put on routes at the red, they'll put a, a grade there, but then there's, a hundred votes of consensus, right? Yeah. Over years, sometimes. Over years, too. right? I know we just the red just opened up Camelot, mm-hmm. and so for a lot of people, oh, it's a brand new crack. No, some of those routes have been there over a year, and multiple people have climbed it, and everyone, it's like okay, so a lot of people said this grade, a lot of people said this grade, and then we all come to a consensus, right? That's the only way to do it, right? Right, but at a gym, it's up for three months. Right. Well, the difficulty with the consensus is, and I think what you'll find the biggest disnomer and why so many people were upset about you changing the grade from 510 to 59 is like, we all want an ego boost. Right. So yeah. if you go Huge. out and tell me that this route is a, I'll be the Spray Lord 512 climber at the red, you tell me <laughs> it's 12A, and then I flash it on site or I red point it, and then a month from now, you tell me it's 11D. All the dudes that are like me who just want the ego boost, they're going to keep calling it 12, 12, 12, 12. Yep. So the consensus is going to stay at 12 probably. Yeah. But then in reality, I mean, everyone knows that it's it's probably not a 12. Yeah. But more importantly, I kind of have a an issue with the grading system in America in general. So for an example, I think it'd be better if we use like a plus or minus system instead of the A, B, C, D. Because the mentality, right, is like an A is the easiest version of that grade. Sure. So if you think it's like, wow, this 12A is soft. Shout out to my, uh, the resident better beta climbing, better beta climbing podcast uh, beer distributor, my wife, Jess. Just it's a better climbing beta. Thank yeah. you, what did Jess. I say? Better beta I climbing? Oh, gross. Yeah. So my, my just number is people will get upset where they'll say, well, that 12 was the easy, like that was too easy for the grade, whatever. And the idea is it's a 12A. It's meant to be the tw- the easiest version of that grade. Mm-hmm. So just put a minus on it. I think if you would have put yeah. a 10 with a minus on it, it would no, no one cares. Easy, it's an easy yeah. nine. So I, I try, I personally, and this is just me, I, I can't speak for everyone else because I know a lot of people, that's fun to them. You Brian, know, we brought grades. you on here to speak for everyone else. But uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm going to speak for everyone now. <laughs> yeah. I, it's hard because I, I'll, I've tried a lot of 12 A's at the red and all of them feel different, you oh, know? absolutely. Right? And like you get on style matters and what do you like versus what do you hate? And or what you're good at. What yeah, like at. gluttony versus superfly versus snozberries. Those oh are, my God. in my yeah. road, those are three different routes, right? Like all oh, three absolutely. different grades in my mind, they all take weight. Crux is up high, sure. crux is down low, it's endurance, it's power endurance. So I try to throw that stuff out the window. And I think that I used to care about that a lot more. And now it's just like, oh, this route's fun. So I'm just going to go do it. I don't well, care if it's of ego boost 10D or 13A. I, don't, I know a lot matter. of gyms grade really easy yeah well, oh that's because they want like i've been to gyms and we don't at rock quest we've actually reverted we want to be harder i to, think rock quest is soft 
Yeah. Unanimously. Com- I think it's well, all. compared to outside, but there's a lot of... He's laughing because Mike's an asshole. <laughs> I just want to stir the pot. I uh, think you're right. I, I, I think, think it's soft as shit. I just did a, I just did a quote-unquote V5, gym. V6 today, and I was like, you're fucking kidding me. Right. But I... <laughs> yeah, if if it's you get harder, on Genghis Khan... Dude, Genghis Khan is fun. There's a, yeah, it's, it's hard, though. A lot of gyms... I mean, it's... For V5? It's hella sandbag. All right, you're super strong. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm totally joking. But, and I think that's I the thought thing. that last move on Genghis I'm moving the conversation forward. <laughs> the fuck you are, dude. Let's keep talking about grades. That's what the people want. I've never been to a gym. They do want, and maybe I'm, you know, because I grew up in a completely different climbing community. Mm-hmm. That, and maybe it's just different regionally. I don't know, and I haven't been to quite as much. But it has been said that some gyms specifically boost the grade up a little bit. So it's like, oh, I climb five ten now, and it's like, well, I mean, yeah, but why? Why because do that? Why do? Because uh, your money, your money comes from the people. Dude. And they yeah, no, I, I understand. I'm so, just saying. Let me ask you this: Those people before they climbed there didn't know what those grades were. Exactly. You know. Um, well, and I say this about bouldering because it seems like every time there's a new boulder set, it's like, hey, your last boulder set was too soft. Okay, great. So you now set, it's piss hard. Now it's too hard. Okay, what do you want? You right. Know? And, and well, for, they want a middle. I think that that we have we're trying to do a better job at it, and I think that there's sometimes gaps between colors right so like you'll get on a blue and it might feel like a five plus or a six minus and then you're like okay i did those i'm gonna go try a red and the red is like oh they're all eights well see that's that's where's the seven like where's that maybe potentially the down because we pair up so what brian was saying is that a rock quest exclusively they differentiate the grades by two numbers so a five and a six and what he's saying is like a blue meant it was a five or six sure when they're trying to make the next leap to the grade so when you make that next maybe i mean i I like in theory lumping it that way because you're more likely to try some other hard like and I think it makes better climbers because a lot of people they get grade nervous they're like I'm only V5 I'm not ready for V6 mm-hmm. but if it's blue you'll just try it can but, I say one thing yeah. class? so for an example I climb I've been spending more of my time climbing at climb time right. where climb time has a different setup where they actually have three grades easy as medium di- hard well, no, they have right. three grades that denote their taping. Right. Um, I like their taping. So identity. solid stripe, then stripe exactly. with sticker. Yeah. Right. But for an example, like a stripe is either V four to V six. Right. And right. To it's a lot me, broader. yeah, that's a lot broader. But more importantly, that is more based off of what the setter believes. Right. a stripe to be so a setter might think like oh all stripes are just like v5s to me or they're all v4s to me sure so then if you you just like get caught in that one person's mentality for that grade right yeah so i i think it definitely needs to be a little bit closer i think if you go any more than two grades in, right well that's the thing like the, the advantage of being super narrow is you're it's maybe easier to gauge where you're climbing but i like potentially Discord, it's like that one time we didn't even put the grades on, we just put numbers. Mm-hmm. Everyone started climbing a lot harder because instead of going like, oh, it's a V5, I'm not ready for it. They're like, that looks fun. Let me try it. Yeah. And then they're surprised at what they're capable of. Not me. Not you. I get it. No, because I just look at the holds. I'm like, I know what that is. Yeah. But- <laughs> and that's that's the, uh, that's another thing. That's We're hoping that that's mm-hmm. going to be changing soon because uh, this has been a question too i don't know if you're gonna ask this or not but they're like okay well we're using the same holds for the same grades constantly over oh, and over sure. and over on the board we're, we're, we're phasing in or phasing out old holds and phasing in new holds and Sweet. it's a slow process oh yeah definitely. so a lot of times when we get new hold sets they're going on the lead wall you know i mean that's that's the primary motive of the climbing community here for the most sport part climbing is sport climbing 
Uh, so we're starting them there and then bringing them in. So it's a slow process, but Definitely. we're trying to add new stuff. Yeah. In the you know, and so as a, I mean, I know it's hard to cater because there's so many climbers and luckily we have a, actually a significant amount of setters mm-hmm. for the size of the gym. We are, we have a lot, a good number. Yeah. Thanks. I, thank you Val for that. Yeah, That's awesome. Shout out to Val, our boss. But, uh, and I think that helps because it allows you to be more yourself and then you can just be like, okay, this is a Brian route. This is a Tanner route. This mm-hmm. is a James route. Um, to the point where, I mean, I, I like that people start favoring. Yeah. Because it means that you're distinctive. I mean, people do that outside. That right. Too. Yeah, definitely. Like, for, I have a couple of friends um, that live closer to the Carolinas. And for some reason, they're really psyched on Porter Drawed routes. Because yeah. they have, like, a lineage to them. Or they sure. have, like, they're, you know, they're true to grade because they're old man routes. And it's, yeah. Like, and they're like twenty foot run out. Yeah, all that dude did was put some <laughs> shitty bolts in the wall. Like, what? Like he didn't do anything. He didn't make the holes. Didn't, didn't he bolt all military though? That's pretty cool. Um, I mean, that's a, maybe that, it. Takes it, an art. Yeah. I mean, I think you gotta have an eye for oh, that. Absolutely. Yeah, you yeah. can't. I mean, just you should. Like, you yeah. you bolt routes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and let me ask you this then, just because we want this to be a learning experience for our listeners. Like, what do you understanding that there's personal preference and all of that? What would you wish? coming pretty fresh out of a really nasty like bout of just people shitting on everything that was set no matter what it was and understand a lot of the setters were new all at once and that was kind of a thing too we just had a lot of new setters and we get that learning curve yeah but what do you wish from a setting stand from a as a setter what would you like tell the customer hey we get it and we want to be better but also you might be wrong as a client, like as a consumer, it can't just be all about you kind of like what, yeah. what are some things that I should as a climber keep in mind when I'm climbing a, a, a an indoor route that has been set? I, I mean, I, I don't mind the, the, the constructive criticism as long as it's constructive. Sure. I mean, I think that's the most important part. Like if you're getting that mad over a, a route that's in a gym, look, man, we're going to tear it down in a week. <laughs> it's, like, it's, get over it. You know, there'll be something new. Like they're not all going to be bangers. Like they're not going to yeah, be the you, best when thing. You said it too. How many, when you set a boulder section that day before going back mm-hmm. later, how many problems get set usually, give mm-hmm. or take? Probably about 16 to 20 the first day, and then we'll probably scatter in five or six more, seven, So maybe. somewhere around 30. The, section three, the 60 right now has a, a, a shit ton. Right, it's got a lot of... Back. So somewhere around 30 problems, and our boulder is not a unique... I would love to hear the square footage of that boulder. It's it, tiny. It's. I mean, for anybody who doesn't climb in Cincinnati, thanks for listening. Because I think the majority of our Swag. listeners are from Cincinnati. but hey, We got a couple from Canada. Shout yeah, out. Yeah, shout out to Canada. Um, we have to run the analytics again and find out where everyone's from. But outside <laughs> of that, RockQuest, they actually have, we have a giant boulder that emulates our bouldering. Right. So that's why you can top out. There's a platform right. on top of our structure. And that's why the boulder as being this large surface is broken up into smaller sections. But there's but, not cool features. Like a lot of new bouldering gyms, they set in cool angles and features we just have a it looks like a boat like a ship it's just yeah. right in the middle and it's also short too which which limits short. you it's probably like 12 and so feet maybe mm-hmm. in four yeah. sections that's so why each month you're setting 120 problems yeah and then you strip it and restart there's only so much you can do yeah. to make it interesting yeah and it, it's it's hard you know i like the first time when I came from setting at Wright State in Kinetic, where I wasn't really he- hearing feedback, to coming to RockQuest, there is a like there's a, a learning curve. Like you're like, Definitely. oh man, why didn't you like that? 
I really, I tried really hard. How many times <laughs> you are know? you like, you're just climbing it wrong? Yeah, yeah, that's all, yeah. Well, that's you. So, I remember you actually pointed me to someone left. Like, like I'm not climbing here again. And there was like a specific boulder problem. Yeah. And you were like, hey, can you look at this? And I went, okay, whatever. And, oh, there's this holder. And they just weren't using it. Right. And then the, the boulder, it sucks. And it's like, no, it. you just literally were negating an entire move. But that's the thing. I don't want anyone to leave because they don't like it. You know, I want, if you're if you're upset and you don't like something, then I want to know for sure. I, I think the comment card is awesome. I want to know, but I want to know specifically why, because I can't fix it unless you tell you me that. you say that crossover you know, move sucked. And there we was, go. Now we're talking, you know, like, okay, so you, okay. But we need a consensus of so who likes as a, a crossover move. As a customer, like if a, you, you would prefer the, to know that they don't like it, yeah. just give them a reason. Right. Hey, that Bolt 4 was a really sketchy clip, and it's just terrifying, and it's not fun because of that. Sure. Or, yeah, you put the hold in an unsafe you position. You put the hold. Like, the hold is literally beneath the, the anchor, <laughs> the clip. Yeah, yeah. or right. Like, though, that's easily fixed, or I didn't like that one move you said. I, I you know... But can I have some more of this? Here's something I did like. I did like, and there's this. only there's a very limited amount of that. Sure. I want more of that. That's that's something that could really help because like if we're setting maybe one thing you like and then a hundred and nineteen things that you don't like, like, tell us what you do like and we'll do more. And of it. we will like change the ratio. Mm -hmm. So as a from the creativity standpoint, then because you said, and I, we've had this conversation where what you think might be straightforward and paddly, yeah, I think is amazing, right? And so how do you gauge? If you think something's really creative, do you think that potentially from someone who's not in your head as a setter, so I didn't watch you, I haven't seen anyone do it and I'm looking at it, what you think is really neat and creative, I'm looking at like there's, I can't read that move. Yeah. And do you think there is a downside of being too creative as a setter? I don't think there's a downside of being okay. too creative. I think that being creative is good. I think that there is a, there is a form that... Uh, or a skill that you can acquire from climbing hard things, whether it's on a boulder or complicated things, whether it's on a boulder or okay. a rope. I think that reading a route applies to climbing to outside. And sure. if you gain the the skill of being able to read something that might be complicated inside, it's going to, you know, it's going to help you outside. We're going to set things that are going to be paddly. There will always be left right left right on really small holds or even big holds you know there's going to be stuff like that but i think that i think it's important to have creativity because that's yeah is there a I, I ratio the way then? of the country is yeah there a ratio like here's a 511 let's call it 25 to 75 so 25 percent of the route are weird hard moves yeah and then the 75 straightforward straightforward but it might be interesting like i mean there are there are movements that you would do that might not be paddly, but are common routes. Like you could do a Rose or a Gaston. Like those are, you know, those are common move, movements, you know, like crossing over like this. I, again, I'm doing hand movements and it doesn't make any sense to you guys. <laughs> uh, but those are, are movements that are common that you'll run into outside. Like okay. I can, I can name a hundred routes where you're doing like interesting, like pull up into an undercling and or then like twist your body and then slap around. Now it's an undercling. Now it's and you know, yeah. So uh, for example, there's a, the, the clipping stance midway through a route. It's called buff the wood at the mother load. You'll get up right after you do the, the dyno after, I don't know if you guys have been on it before. There's like, like a, a Buckeye wall. 
Huh? Is that the Buckeye wall? Mother yeah, wall? Buckeye okay. buttress. So there's like a, a hard bottom crux, and then you do this kind of like dynamic move to a big old block. And then when you get on top of that block to clip it, you climb down pulling holds and then flip a down pulling hold into an undercling to clip. And it's really cool. And when I found it, it was like, it's a gem. You're like, oh, I just found it. I would set that. That's really, really cool. And you try to, and it's like impossible. So I guess to amend my question then, I like your ratio. I think that's valid. So I guess instead of being too creative, too many creative things is potentially like- That's a better way to say it. If the whole route is just- you know, weird move into weird move into weird move to the point where as a climber, you can't just settle in, mm-hmm. you know, as a, and again, what you think is interesting and creative because you had it in your head and you set it to be a way as a climber, I, that doesn't always translate to me. Right. And, and what you just brought up is important because there's three different philosophies to setting, uh, different style routes like if you're doing a boulder problem you can you have liberty to be more creative because you're above a pad Mm -hmm. and you can do stuff left to right you know laterally if you're trying to clip bolts you can only be so creative you can't make it wickedly dangerous or traverse too much right exactly we we do have the liability and inside you are forced to be there there isn't horizontal climbing it's funny that you bring that up because i was just talking to a friend of the podcast and they said that they would love if you had set a traversing route that went all the way across <laughs> so like, here's the, the issue cave. so here's the and i think Corey had the last time somebody did i think Corey did one a long time ago uh the only issue with traverses and we occasionally will do stuff like that is it gets in the way of other climbers yeah so, so the idea is you would not, do it when it's not busy right exactly but not everybody adheres to that so i think we had a, some questions like oh could you set like a, a big like long traverse across the sport climbing wall so that was like on a comment card and um, there's no way to respond to them directly, but if you're listening, it's difficult for us to do that because if you're warming up on this, you know, traverse boulder problem along the lead route and there's a hundred people trying to, to sport mm-hmm. climb, it just kind of gets in the way. When so people in theory, it's a cool idea, but it, it just isn't not practical. The average so how do you reply to that person? That's my question too, is like when yeah, someone so, sends you a comment, it's like, unless they put your, their email and if they do that, that then we would love to respond to them directly. If you don't, then it's anonymous. We'll just try to do it. We'll try to, if to like, if, if possible, like that, but if it's not, can't. I can't. And it's just, I hope they're listening so they know that, that I'm not trying to ignore them. Ryan, they're not listening. They're not listening. We're not that big. Please yet. listen. <laughs> but no, and I think that brings an interesting, and as we saw, who buried, who like carried the brunt of all of the distaste from the setters? It was the desk staff. Yeah. And because we were just there when they were climbing. Right. And they're like, oh, you're setting. It's like, first of all, why are you tell like I'm not a setter? Like, who is Brian? Yeah, like yeah. which one of you three is Brian? Right. You're like Brian doesn't work at doesn't the front desk. Doesn't work at the front desk. <laughs> and and so like I I love cuz you guys have recently started hanging out more and and, and I think that's amazing cuz now I hate it. mostly I, Pokemon Go. No, I I Yeah, absolutely mostly Pokemon Go's taking over the gym. It so. really has. So, um I know I'm I'm interjecting. Do it. But at, at what point do you decide like I I think there's more than 50% of this is just made up because of egos. Like if people are going to get so butthurt over boulder problems at the gym and don't get me wrong. I'll say stupid stuff all day. I'll say all oh, this boulder problem sucks. Who said this thing is garbage. Oh, it's a Brian round. But it's usually it when it's kicking your ass. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. It's usually when, what do you mean? I don't, I can't flash this, vi- this V5 or yeah. V1, V2. I mean, I was falling on like V1, V2s, but it is exactly what you talked about where this was kind of a hard boulder problem to onsite. More importantly, 
I don't, I'm not trying to actually route read. I'm just like, oh, it's a V1, V2. I'm going to warm up on it. And then you, I realize like, oh shit, um, it's next to a blue hold and I'm on a purple route and I actually have to look left and right. I'm so used to, you know, whatever. Yeah. So what, what part of it do you think it comes from just egos? Like people are just, they're on a power trip and they're saying, can cater to me so I feel good. I don't want to speak for everybody because I don't. I, we I, want you to, Brian. I don't know if if that is what most people think, and I why I would hope it's not true. Uh, I don't think that that's a positive way to to approach climbing. I think that if oh, you get hung not. up on grades too much, then you're going to be constantly fighting yourself and fighting people around you. I, I think you're missing out on so much more if that's all you care about. So what I'm what I'm I just want to get clarity in this is. Um, maybe the person isn't just like distinctly saying, Hey, this is hard for the grade or this is easy for the grade, but then more importantly saying like they can't get into your creative spectrum for the route. Mm -hmm. And they're saying like this route, I always hear this all the time. Like this route would never go outside. Right. Duh. Because we're inside of fucking different activity. Yeah. So that's the ego trip I'm talking about where it's like, if it, one way I heard somebody say this in the gym the other day, it was like one way to make everybody happy is you turn all the 11s, you take the tag off, you call them 12s. You turn all the 12s and you turn them in the 13s. It's like, yep. and everyone would be stoked. Yeah, I got a yeah. 12. Got and then the jaded old men like me would just be like, it's soft. Yeah. <laughs> so well, Let me ask you this. But thing. again, I'd keep climbing. No, I think you're right. I think that, that if you, when people succeed, they then they're good. happy. If they fail, then they're unhappy. So how much of your job is that? making people successful. Like yeah. how often are you trying to teach people how to do rose moves? Well, yeah, or- as a as a setter, I would say you want to make people successful is let's set a weird move that makes you a better climber. Right, exactly. But, That's my focus. My focus isn't making you feel good. Right, and, well, and I, I think- I don't like you, Brian. <laughs> I only want you to make me feel good. <laughs> the, you know, I train a lot of climbers and I, sure. I love that. I try to approach it that way. I, if it, if I, my perspective is if you can onsite something, then you're climbing too soft. Right. If you can flash something. Tell Andre that. Right. Well, I, okay. When I can even climb what he warms up on, then I'll talk to him. Well, don't you think Andre. it's kind of like tough love, right? Like, okay, I changed the tags. So you did, you onsided that 511. And now it's really. But it said at 512. And you're psyched, right? Like, we did that 10 times and you did 10 mm-hmm. of them and you're going 10 for 10 on, on 512. Then you go outside and got on 512. It's not going to feel that you way. You can't even start and, it. And hey. you're frustrated. You go out and you have a bad time outside. So I now I just ruined outside climbing for you. Yeah, but at you the most I mean? part, they still love you at home. Sure. It's like, and if you're going to go outside once a year and. And don't even really remember it, but you go in and you're climbing whatever in the gym and you want to say that, then that's fine. But I I think it's a little detrimental, you know, if you're going to try to do things outside because you're going to get frustrated. I've seen a lot and and maybe it's just because, like I said, when any any unrest in the gym comes to us before you, Mm -hmm. I've kind of sat through and I've, I've done a study and I said... What, I, what I've learned about the people that are complaining about this set was too soft, this set was too hard, blah, 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 especially on the boulder, they want something that is hard enough that it takes two or three times. Yep. But any more than that, and it's too hard. Yeah. So if they can't get in two or three goes, then it's too hard. If they get it before two or three, if they flash it, then it's too easy. And I'm over here going, my perspective is, okay, if that felt easy, climb the next grade harder. If it felt hard, then climb, you know, then get better. Right. But that's where the gap comes into place. And, and we can do a better job with that. And we try to. It's not easy. It's it's a hard thing to do to make sure that there's an even amount of, uh, of routes that cover all the grades. Sure. Um, you know, because if you have like 
five plus to eight minus, then there's a huge spectrum of climbs in there that people are missing out on. Definitely. Uh, so sometimes we do a better job than others, but it, again, it's not, it, it's sometimes hit or miss. Well, you're it's also not, humans. And right. if, if setting was an exact science, then it would get boring anyways. Right. So what you're saying, then what I'm hearing, so like for the listeners, how can you treat your setters better is like, yes, give constructive criticism, but honestly, it's understand that your setters are trying to please you. Like they are looking out for you. They want you to succeed. Yeah. And if you're not, then before you go and blow up at them, maybe think, okay, A, maybe I'm not reading this right and maybe I need to take a step back. Sure. But B, okay, they messed up this one. But they wanted to be, they're not They're not out to get you. They're yeah. not to be like, we want you to feel like you suck. It's, no, we want you to have fun, but we're not perfect. So I'm lucky enough that my wife climbs and she wants to drag me back into the gym. She's after. very honest too. She's pretty honest. Yeah, she won't pull and punches. She, yeah, she won't. But she also wants to climb in the evening when she gets off work. So I, you know, I when I said I don't really want to go back in, but if she wants to climb, I'll go in with her and sometimes just, just watch out. or just hang out. Uh, and I think that that's important because I will try to talk to people or like I'll see Michael there all the time climbing and, and we'll talk about, oh, hey, did you like that? What didn't you like about it? You know? So I try to do that as much as possible. I, I have like a burp that's coming up from the Lay beard. It on me. Put it right in the, oh, you should have put it in the mic. Uh, he did it. He just had his mouth all the way around the microphone. It's my microphone. Disgusting. Uh, so I, I try to go in and talk to people as, as much as possible. And, and Tanner will and James will stay late sometimes and, and they'll try to talk to people too. Um, and that's that's the best way to hear feedback. I mean, the comment cards help, but like when you, I can you'll sit hear, and have a discussion have with someone. Organic, so you'll hear the like, eh, it was okay, but it wasn't great, or hey, I kind of liked it, but whatever, versus I hated it, it was the worst, because right. that's the comment cards. Yeah, so there was like a, a, a yellow problem, which for the listeners is a V1, V2 in that range, um, last on Monday night that we set and or Monday morning that we set. And then I went back in with Amanda and climbed and she got on it. And there were some people that are like, Oh man, that's pretty hard for a V1 V2. And then I think Amanda was talking to him and they're like, yeah, I kind of like it when it's softer in the gym, which is a personal preference. Sure. Um, so it's, that's like one of those things that you, you know, you hear, this is what people actually want versus, you know, not just guessing, you know? So one thing I've, I've learned climbing and, I mean, I'm not going to name drop like Brian did and say I've climbed here and there and all, <laughs> everywhere. No, go ahead. Go for but, it. But, I mean, I, we don't have enough time. But <laughs> I've, I've been to every place. Yeah. I've noticed, though, certain, like, boulder fields, some of their grades are stiffer than others. Sure. Like, for some reason, um, like, V1, V2 and Rumbling Ball, to me, feels harder than V1, V2. At or Stone Horse Fort. Bends. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, because I haven't been running, but, like, Stone Fort seems soft compared to horse pens. Well, I'll give you a comparison. So I, uh, I'm going to spray grades and I don't mean to do this, but it's just the comparison that you would have to hear. Clearly hasn't listened to our first podcast. Yeah, I didn't. Bad on me. So I went to, when I was in college, we went to Waco twice. The first year, uh, I worked on some stuff and the second year I went back, um, I got my first V6 and I was really excited. And it was like a month later we went to horse pens you got smoked on caterpillar. I couldn't or get up. Or I couldn't get up a three. I, I was like, right. this is so. And so, a lot of people have to understand that if you go to like Squamish, is piss hard because it's granite and it's a completely different style of climbing. Uh, Joe's Valley in Waco, even though I mean that's Waco is where it was created. That's where the V scale was created. Is easier than most places other than Joe's Valley that I've been to. And it's fun. You go oh, there, so you're is like, Joe's oh, cool. softer than Waco. 
they're about the same. They okay. feel pretty similar to me, and they're also similar style climbs. I've heard Even that though, like across the board, actually, that they're pretty soft for the. They're yeah, both pretty soft. I wonder how Rocklands is. But I think, think what happens. This soft? is just my theory. I think that this is what happens. So the you say they're soft, right? And I I find that too compared to other places that I've been. But that's where it was created, right? I think over time when people put up boulders like when they develop a boulder outside they'll be like i don't want to be that guy that gets my problem downgraded of course so that's just that a million times yeah, so that right. happens a million times and then all of a sudden what used to be well, v5 again, is now the, v0 long term i mean we, we we just want the ego boost and instead of like well I'm, and the, the inverse right so if i'm a developer i mean yeah i've heard that mm-hmm. bolting at the red like Hey man, I don't know. It feels it feels like 11A, and then like I've talked to other developers, and like, nah, we're gonna call it 10D. Well, it's hard <laughs> as a developer too because you get kind of like psyched about doing something, and you're the one that cleaned it, you're the one that bolted you it, you know, it methodically. So I I, I uh, established some boulders out in Idaho at this place called Masker Rocks, um, which is just outside of Pocatello. Um, shout out to Pocatello, Idaho. If you guys want to go check that out, it's pretty dope. I I've always wanted to. I've dreamed of visiting. Idaho. Oh, it's it's a secret, man. Idaho is pretty cool. Um, but me and Amanda developed some boulders out there and then just put them on Mountain Project, you know, whatever. And uh, Ashley Huang and, and Quinn uh, came out and visited us and I put Quinn on it. Quinn's a, one of the setters at VA. And I was like, yeah, I think it's a V5. And he was like, mm, it's probably like a four. Yeah, maybe a three. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, oh man, I am, I, I, I'm, I think way too much of myself. Um, but when do you say it's like, hard. doesn't, when does it matter? Well, that's, like, we've talked about the subjectivity of creating and that we want that to be its own podcast, but like, okay, you climb, it's also stylistic you climb V4 at horse pens, you climb V5 at, it's like, we want to feel like we're a V5 climber instead of just like, okay. But, but what does that even mean though, exa- right? Like, it doesn't. So what if you're really great at crimps and bad at slopers or right. really great at, at slopers, slopers and bad at pinches? You right. might like crush a crimpy V5, but like couldn't get up a, sl- so it, it's, it's odd. Yeah. So you have different styles of climbs within different climbing areas so there's probably on different rock so there's all these variables that are being thrown at you so that's why i again don't get hung up on it because you might crush something somewhere and get shut down on something that's technically the same grade so it's something like at like what we come to the conclusion with most of our podcasts like first of all just it's climbing stop taking it so seriously right i can't help myself yeah i I take it way too serious what we're doing is it's supposed to be fun right when you go to a gym it's only fun when i send it's only fun when i'm on that's part of the fun though i mean some people like if i i uh, tell amanda the joke all the time that i have the most open projects at the red ever (laughs) (laughs) so many open projects and but again, just to kind of bring it back, because I know because I never send. We're, we're getting close to that time of the podcast. No, but I want to keep going. You want to keep going? Yeah. When so, we drink another no, beer? Oh uh, yeah, I want to have, have a, no, that I have, time. I have one more question. Okay. Before we end this thing, be, I, whatever we can edit out some of the nonsense, but we won't. Or add we won't. more. Yeah. Well, we, we'll probably add more. We can make the podcast a little longer this time. But my question at hand is: so, you know, we try to go through your background. We talked a little bit about how you got into rock climbing. We've talked about the grading aspect. We've talked about the creativity. My question is, is there a big difference? And you, you hit on this a little bit with rope climbing and bouldering. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like some people should only set boulders? Some people should only set ropes? Or do you think, like, for example, I know a lot of people that just boulder. They only boulder outside. They don't have a rope climb, but then they'll set rope routes. 
it's like, do they, how can they actually have a, a true understanding of rope climbing and then vice versa, obviously too. Yeah. Cause I spent a, too long in my life rope climbing. So when I got on the border, I was like, what the F right. is this stuff? Well, especially around here when there's not a lot of bouldering in our area. Yeah. And so for these gyms and there's lots of gyms around here opening up that like kinetic is only boulder. And I know VA just opened up chambers, which isn't that. It's all, all yeah, bouldering. all bouldering. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know. Yeah, so you know, to answer the question, how would you? I mean, I think it's important that they still try it as much as they can, but I think mm-hmm. that they should also take the opportunity when presented to go get experience outside. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that if you haven't had it, you're not qualified to do it because I think that James has has climbed a lot of stuff everywhere, mm-hmm. so he's gonna edit all our stuff anyway. Yeah, a good headsetter is gonna forerun and make right. sure. So you know, give it your best best try and if it's not the grade or if it's if it's set bad he's gonna fix it anyway right so i i think you know i think that they should try to set both regardless of their experience okay because i don't don't know if like as a headsetter or even as like another setter you go like hey brian's just really good at setting boulder problems like i have a friend you know andy lockwood for example he only boulders i remember originally when he started setting rope rope problems or rope routes or whatever i was like this dude sucks. Like he has well, no idea what yeah. he's doing. But yeah. his boulder problems were amazing. But on top of it, it's like. But if he stopped, that's probably why he he never mm-hmm. got better at setting ropes. I, I think mean, he got really set, good. The, the thing and is, he kept is, working. But. If you're gonna set commercially, you have to be able to do both in a gym that has both. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just like. We don't have the luxury to have so many people that can do both. You know, you right. have we have four or five people. They got to know how to do both things. Mm-hmm. So my question is: so if you had somebody, say you only had four people on your team, your setting team. Mm-hmm. And four of those people, two of them bouldered V10, and then two of them climbed 514. Would you, like, why wouldn't you just have the guys who climb 514? They don't normally boulder. The guys who boulder don't normally rope climb. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you just have them divide and conquer? So uh, we set at RockQuest, we'll set a boulder one day, and then we set three days a week. We'll set a boulder one day. We'll set top rope auto boy one day, and we'll set the lead cave one day. If you set it up that way, then some of those people can't come in that day and set, right? Sure. Like, so they'd be, we're setting ropes two days a week, and we're setting, or routes two days a week, and we're setting the boulder one day a week. Right. So the people that are setting boulders are only going to be able to work one day a week, where the people that are setting ropes are going to be working two days a week. And they don't even get to work three. Right. So I think that from just a job, like this is just general job. If you want your setters to stay, you got to give them time to get paid. and Right. Like, yeah, exactly. Fair. Yeah, when, they want the hours. What I love about, again, I've said this about RockQuest, I love how diverse it is. Mm-hmm. And to your, you know, like I said, I'm going to push back against that. When you have two setters, there's only so much creativity. And eventually you're going to have a, a couple rounds of like, meh, I just put it up. But when you got four setters, you can, you know, here's this line. Because the way we do it at RockQuest, typically one line is one setter. So three routes on the sport line, on one sport line. Yeah. We're splitting now. It it depends on on the line. Because like in the cave, one line takes a lot longer than like one auto blade. Yeah, that's fair. But but like, so even, but even like I said, worst case, you got that one line, that's one setter. The line next to it's a different setter. The line, and so you know, four lines are four distinct potentially styles of setting. Yeah. And four, and then that, I think that does free the setters up to have a couple mediocre sets sure. because right next to it is someone else. And then you do get freed up. Like 
I said, I told this to Tanner, the, he said one of the worst shots he's ever set was at Black 511 in the lead area. Which I personally, on the on Two-Face? The Autoblay? No, on the lead area. Oh, um, with the new the, Thrive with, holds? With the, next to the slopey white holds too, that black and white line, yin and yang. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, hated no, it. The I wafers. Like, yeah. I think that's the coolest route I've ever climbed in a gym. I loved it. Yeah. But other people like, it's not my, and I what I realized is, this is the first route Tanner had set that was yeah, that route sucks. My style. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was amazing, and I kept wanting to get. And I kept, I've told Tanner that though, so he, fair enough. Now I think that uh, sometimes people. So, no, I I, I want to dissect this. Like, what makes the route bad? So, so how do you guys denote if something's bad as a setter? Because as like we were talking about as a consumer, you're just like it's too hard for the grade. I don't like the moves. You know what I'm so saying? So some of this, some what of this I is, think is amazing as a setter. You don't think is amazing. yeah. So this is some of this is personal preference. Some of this is I I just don't like it. But I mean Tanner doesn't even like it. Uh, I think that it's it's uh pretty similar movement the whole way and it's not very interesting because the holds are so big that you're just kind of like move maneuvering back and forth yeah, it's very shouldery it's very shouldery and so it's just like one note the whole time so this is like like cooking if you guys watch like the cooking network they're like oh i want some texture in that that's fair you know like this just kind of me, like one note the whole way one through. of the moves that i love so i'm okay with it being one yeah note. and i think that you're you, sometimes people fall in the trap of like the new hold trap like oh we set a line with new holds usually we've gotten a lot of good comments about any line that we set with new new holds because oh, it's sure, like because they're new this feels good so these are cool so mm. uh I mean, we're very critical of ourselves. Sure. You know, well, I've set some stuff that's As a songwriter, I would say that terrible. for any any person who climbs your route and wants to tear it up, you're more critical about it. Yeah. You are your own worst critic in everything. So I get that. Yeah. We, um, when we set routes in the gym, and this is, I know it's kind of late in the game to get into this, but we try to set consistent the whole way up. So like if it's a certain grade, it should be feel very similar movement the whole way up. And me coming from when I was learning to set ropes, it's different for me because me coming from climbing at the red, I'll be like, Oh, it's got a no hands and then a boulder problem. And then another no hands. So I would say, I set like a, uh, the first time I set on the lead wall where it's right in the center of the vert section where it goes yeah. onto the slab, I set a five ten. Oh, Oh, that blue one. <laughs> it got, it got roasted. It got, it, it got absolutely slaughtered. I set a five ten. It felt like a five ten to me, but I put a too hard of a boulder problem on that slab. I was like, well, I've been on no a five ten outside. That's a slab that I, there's like no holds at all. When I think particularly for that one, it was at the scariest part of that well, wall. It's, sure. Well, that, and it's, you know, when you're coming outside and there's no holds, at least the rock has texture. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it is interesting. Like but I see, that, that's a good example of, I, I didn't mind that. A lot of people hated it. So I changed it. Well, uh, Mike Wheatley changed it for me. Shout out Shout to Mike Wheatley. Mike, yeah. yeah. He changed it for me. He put a hold up there. So it was a lot safer and, and easier. Um, but that stuff doesn't bother me. I mean, if, right. if you guys, like, if it's the consensus that you hate it, or if it, it scares you, or if you don't like it, then I'm going to change it, and we're going to change it. Like, mm -hmm. just let us know, you know? Right. So. No, I, I mean, like I said, I think that's in, the and the reason we wanted this is, I, I feel like that is the one area of the mainstream climbing now um, in gyms is it's hard to get into a setter's head. And as a setter, it can be hard to get into the consumer's head. Mm -hmm. And there's always a disconnect. And instead, it's like, at the end of the day, talk to people. And if you don't like some, setters want to know because they want, you guys want us to have fun climbing it. Yeah. And you're not, again, like I said, you're not here to make people feel like shit. You're not here to make people whatever. You're here to have fun, but also get better. Yeah. And that's a hard thing to balance out. Yep. But like I said, you have our backs 
And I think at the end of the day, as a, as a climbing, as a climber, if you understand that, then your criticisms might be more constructive. Yeah. And it'd be cool if, if it was like a, a, a teamwork thing, right? Like we want to work with the, the members to do stuff that they want. And, and also just the, the people that are coming in day passes. If I can or, give a shout out uh, why I think Rock Quest has always historically had some of the best setting of any gym I've ever been to is that's one of the few places where because maybe, of me because of brian because yeah he's been here forever i've been um, here for a whole year <laughs> the climbed here for a long time i think we try our setters have always tried really hard and again anytime we bring in a new team it's there's the learning curves and all that fine but i think overall we've tried really hard to find that balance whereas i know a lot of gyms the setters are the setters and the consumers are the consumers and it's whatever and through the growing pains and figuring out people, we at the end of the day want everyone to enjoy themselves. Yeah. And so I, you know, that that's I've experienced that at Rock Quest, and it's all good natured, and it's all we want to be better, and we're willing to learn through that. But um, no, I, like I said, I it'd be I love the idea that, and I've never until today even thought like you guys have the consumers back, even if they don't see it. That's what you're trying to do. Yeah. So. Yeah, we're trying. So keep uh, keep filling out cards because we want to know more. So. so just to kind of wrap up the podcast and and make this as constructive as constructive as we can, what do you think um, is the big takeaway from this when it comes to the world of setting? What should somebody who is not a setter take from this? And then what is somebody who maybe wants to be a setter, what they can take from this? Um, I think that that if you are trying to get into setting that there should be a, a balance or, or a, a beginning period of trial and error. That's like how it's going to begin at first. You're going to have to just try stuff out and hope, hopefully it works. And then once you have the basis of knowing how to put holds on the wall and have a basic, put a basic structure of a boulder problem or a route up, then you can start to edit and learn more nuances of, of setting. But I think that, you know, the biggest takeaway is that I think that having a dialect between the consumer and, and the staff, which is you guys, and the setters, yeah, is super super important because setting is lifeblood of the gym. You know, that's what is bringing it's the product. People there. It's what we have. Sure. So, uh, the more communication, the better. You know, I I welcome all the comments, right. um, but just make them as constructive and as detailed as possible. That way, we can actually f- actually fix things instead of just having to throw away something that says worst thing I've ever climbed or I hate this so much. And maybe understand that if you are the only person with that opinion, they can't, you can't appeal to every individual opinion. It's a numbers game. And also just know that if you have that opinion, it's not that we don't care. It's that I don't know what to fix, you know, you don't fix or it can't be fixed or Hey, it might take a minute to bring that in. You know, and I think that's yeah. the other difference is just because it wasn't immediately fixed doesn't mean it wasn't taken into consideration. Right. So interesting. And then well, maybe leave something so a setter can contact you and yeah, and yeah, leave contact inquiries. information if you don't have a specific. Because sometimes it's just I don't know. It was. Bleh. Yeah. Okay, I'd cool. love to to have a, a conversation. You know. Do you think other setters will feel the same way? Yeah, definitely. Okay. That's good. Yeah, I definitely do. I I think that it's 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 hard to to not have a it's not that i i think having an anonymous is great but it's hard to just hear something and then not be able to like and then throw it away like it wasn't like a done comment like you're like okay cool i want to talk about this like 
here's why I did this. And then I want to know why they think that. Right. Um, this is how I approach this based on this factor, this factor, and this factor. This is what's important for setting commercially versus what is helpful for climbing outside. Um, and I think that there are things that the consumer can learn mm-hmm. about why we do the things we do. Yeah. Um, and then we can learn about why the consumers want what they want at the same time. There you go. So yep. have communi- clear communication between the two. Yes, sir. So to plug the uh, the local Rock Quest climbers, you guys, we have you guys do have like an Instagram. Yeah, it's new. We just started a couple weeks ago. Yep. Uh, it's at RQ Setters. So follow it because and that'd be. A, I mean, on, what the, I think that would be a great place to give feedback because you yeah. guys are monitoring like. Hey, I just climbed that one route. I liked it. Or hey, could you maybe try doing this? That's a more yeah. That's what we're hoping for. Yeah, like comment on it. And we then, wish you guys would do more World Cup setting. Awesome. We'll yeah. think, you know. So at RQ Setters. Awesome. At RQ wrong. Setters. Yeah. So we we've been posting videos and pictures. We've set some videos of some boulders. Um, it's hard to do a video of a full route because that's going to just look weird. But but we'll set when we do a new like line. Uh, we'll set when we put Mike Wheatley put in a, a new bolt line next to the mini bulge. Yeah, um, definitely. That's sweet. Which is, if you don't climb at Rock West, there's a, a section of the lead wall or a section of the the rope wall that used to be a top rope, but we added bolts to it, so now you can lead on it. It's it's a really great line. Uh, so we posted photos of that. You added two lines now too, like because you added the line, but then that one partial line that went around the feature. Now you, they continued it up. Yeah, which is going to add a lot of cool. Yeah, Potential. it really opens up that section for more interesting climbing, for sure. So, so um, yeah, you guys, if who whoever is listening, if they can follow it, that'd be awesome. Um, and then that'd be another way for us to to talk to people. So sweet. Well, to kind of tag it out, we do have some cool news. Those stickers I ordered, they are in. Yep, and he's got one on his face as we speak. It's right there on the forehead. Um, and we'll be we'll be spraying you guys down about that but maybe do some neato giveaways and that kind of stuff so stay tuned for that but um i want to thank brian for coming on the coming on the show thanks guys for having me this was fun and uh as always um leave comments let us know what you think if you like us we're just like the setters we're just like the setters (laughs) follow us on we have instagram and in facebook and the um, he's got a comment box outside his house i got a comment box i'll give you my address if you ask (laughs) Maybe not. Um, but yeah, let, seriously, uh, let us know. And if there's a topic you'd like to cover, great. If uh, in the spirit of Brian, hey, if there's anything we could do better, give us constructive criticism, not just your podcast sucks because that doesn't do anything for us. It sure doesn't. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, your podcast does suck. <laughs> but yeah, well, you haven't listened yet. Maybe that's it sucks. You won't listen. <laughs> no, it's great. Um, but anyways, guys, thanks for listening. This has been uh, Better Climbing Beta. And uh, we will see you guys next time. Peace. Cheers.